Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. That's hooey and applesauce. Three words for that. Ooh, blah, blah. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Oh, it's gangbusters. Damn a shake in In NFL and Dave. Damn a shake. Hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? Hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 65 of the Dave Damashek football program. Available as always on iTunes. Subscribe, won't you? Seated to my immediate right, ready to break down the 2012 NFL draft. Where I just I just returned from Manhattan. I didn't see you around there. No. It, from NFL.com. My old pal, it's uh, Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, I was back here in Culver City with yeah. the little people. We were doing our little show here on a studio. Support staff. Is that, yeah, is that know, what we I think that's, you? A, that's an honest assessment. <laughs> the Jim Sorgi of our draft coverage. I see. Well, uh, yes, great times out there in, uh, in How Manhattan. How was New York City? I know you're... Well, it's great. I never get out there. In, in my entire life, it's a, it's a strange thing. I've traveled the world over, but I've never spent much time in New York City, and I had uh, just about literally not two seconds to spare to, to drink the city in at all. But I did have you a great time. You didn't get to go hang out with your buddy uh, John Hamm over at 30 Rock? I did not. No, oh. I, I didn't get to uh, enjoy much of anything other than the uh, than the football experience, which was grand to be sure. As was Radio City Music Hall. Mm-hmm. I've never been in there, really, and I had no expectations. But a lovely place, uh, you know the 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 Art Deco um, uh, architecture of the joint. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it was great, and then of course to be in there for uh, for the experience and seated directly across from you, Adam Rank. I don't know if you noticed him, the man oh. who was driving the ship for the NFL Network, hosting it the the three day marathon. Uh, and, and by the way, this isn't just me saying this. This is uh, you know the the uh, Richard Dietrich of the of the world from uh, Sports Illustrated. Many mm-hmm. people weighing in and uh, saying that uh, unparalleled coverage provided by the uh, the main man of the NFL Network. It's Rich Eisen. How are you, man? How are you guys? What a pleasure Wonderful. to finally have you in here. Welcome to Studio Sixty Six. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like it. Uh, is that what we're referring to this? Yes, yes. this is. Yeah, I think the full name is the Dave Damashek Broadcasting Center. I like it. Studio 66 at NFL Network. <laughs> well, uh, I like it. They haven't, brought, they haven't gotten a sponsor to slap the name on it yet. No, I, I mean it's coming. That that day will come. I suppose right. so, and maybe it will. Uh, you know, maybe like when it. we have the grand celebration for our next podcast, sixty six, oh. it'll really be. You know, that'd be course, nice. We like to honor Rich. We like to honor the player in not just football, but mm-hmm. uh, in sports history who wore that number best. And so sixty six, of course, as we know, is spoken for. I I, I don't mean to. Uh, uh, I give you a spoiler alert, but of course it will be the greatest right, hockey player right, to right. ever live. Mar- no. Yeah, Mario Lemieux. You're going to get him on the podcast? That would be nice. Why I don't, don't think so. I'll put a call into him, though. I mean. He's he- a shy man. I know he is, but fire him up. I, well, they don't have anything to do right now. Call him up and say, yeah. well, don't say oh, that. Come on, that's wrong. But I you could call know. him up and just say, hey, let's talk uh, Let's talk Steelers football. I'm sure he's he's a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. Oh, I, I imagine he do is. It. Yes, yes. He's, Actually, uh, so, he's- Adam, you should do it for him. Is that right? Mm. Yes. My birthday's so coming. Much. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. As in honor of, like, surprise him. There would be that's no good ra- That's good podcast radio talk. That's good <laughs> stuff. See, this I'm is just, why Eisen's podcast, yes, which also for him. available on iTunes, uh, I encourage you to track that one down. Thank of you. course, I know many of you have uh, uh, 100 Times Over versus this podcast. But yes, Adam, see, that, on, those, these are the kind, these of, are the ideas. kind of ideas don't I should just, be bringing to the table. Yes, don't just come here and complain about you having to be in Culver City and then show up <laughs> three minutes late for the taping of this podcast. <laughs> it was two minutes late. It was 11.02. I mean, you know, and then, you know, I mean, focus and, and, and please, please the, the main host of the Dave Damashek football program. <laughs> if I, you know, if I don't, if I don't bend to your wishes, you might just take my name off the whole thing. I'll t- oh wait, yeah, wait, we're already there. See, that's yeah. how you get your name into it. <laughs> Is that that's it? Gumption, Miss McGrath, and then and then for show seventy seven, who do we got? Isn't that, isn't that Yager? Wasn't he 77? Oh, he was, no, he was 68. 68. Paul Coffey okay. was, uh, was number 77. Bork, well, Bork, is, that's the wrong one, right? That's He was 77, right? Raymond See, Bork I, was... It's been, a long, it's been nine years since I've really had to talk hockey at all, mm-hmm. or talk hockey talk hockey at all, so mm-hmm. I'm a little bit... I know 99, I at least didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. And I do remember... You used when to I got, talk hockey somewhere? Always, yeah. And, <laughs> and when I first got to ESPN, a buddy of mine took me to the Hartford Mall... Uh, and I watched the the Penguins beat the crap out of the Hartford Whalers with both Yaramir and um, and Mario on the. I think they both scored twice. Total tail kicking. The NHL is uh, is worse for not having those Hartford Whalers and those but glorious I, Kelly Green uniforms. Uh, let me tell you, I got recently a Hartford Whalers T shirt that anytime I wear it around anywhere, mm-hmm. comments. A- absolutely. I'm 100%. not surprised to hear that. And everybody knows what it is, too. Does everybody Seriously. know this, though? When you well, look at the logo, there are a few logos. Uh, you know, I am the uniforms are, and uh, so there are some of these things that I make. I try to make the world aware of. Do you know that the whale mm-hmm. within it has an H? Are you aware of that? That if For you Hartford, look at the, the right. W, yeah, a lot of people yes. miss that. And then, of course, there's the tail. A, the whale tail forms yes. the forms the the centerpiece of the of the logo. A lot of people don't know that the Milwaukee Brewers logo, mm-hmm. the former logo that that appears to just be a baseball mitt, mm-hmm. is in fact an MB. A lot of people don't notice hmm. that. Right? I just thought I thought that was just a, a subliminal advertisement for Bud Selig's uh, <laughs> car dealership. Back in the day. You know, come on be. down. Come, you, you know, he was the original Jerry Lundegaard, Bud Selig. You know. <laughs> 
he was the one fudging the license plates, and he ran off somewhere, and he became commissioner of baseball as opposed to, you know, a meeting on a timely demise in North Dakota. So. Well, Rich, you were just, uh, like I say, at the draft there. Yes, and uh, And by the way, just a programming note, we will continue to do our Top 100 Reaction Podcast. You can look for that. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday. Look for that uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rank will be doing that, uh, breaking down 90 to 81, nice. of course. Nice. Quality synergy right there, Adam. Yeah. You're a corporate stooge. Yeah, try you're, I mean, you're all you're all over the the. That's that's the big thing right now. That's the huge push. Is the top 100 show? Yeah. Well, it's an outrage. That's the huge push. Rich, listen, I, no huge one cares. Push. No one cares what uh, two dopes named Rank and Damashek think about this. Why would you but say that? What is what is the story? I find these these top 100 uh, rankings great in theory, like most lists. I you know mm-hmm. I, I fancy a list myself, mm-hmm. but it's it's the execution. With which I take itch, I- I- issue. What's the execution? John Kuhn. John Kuhn at uh, number 92. What are you going to do? The <laughs> players vote for it, you know, and, and, and then there are players who are invariably going to hammer the list by saying, I didn't vote for it. You know, I didn't get the, you know, last year I think it was your Ryan Clark of your beloved Steelers who crapped all over our list saying nobody I know voted for it. And I'm looking for people, who, you know, who voted <laughs> for it. I don't know. I didn't. Um I don't know. I mean, um, it's lists are great, and then the, to have your peers do it, it's great. And I think this year is definitely more improved from the segments that I've seen. They've gotten some serious, real deal football players sitting down to actually critique. Um, and so that was, you know, I mean, Maurice Jones drew some of the sound bites that I've seen already from uh, DeBrickashaw. That was some good stuff. Well, you that's know, good so. stuff. But John Kuhn. John Kuhn at number 92. Is this list? I, I, I thought it was well, based Tebow's on 95. football. I mean, Tebow's 95. And I love <laughs> Tebow. But to call him the top, well, how many players there are in the National Football League? You could figure it out. 50 times 32. I'm more verbal than math. Or 52 times 32. Necktie Milner behind the glass? I, mean, I have no Can idea what percentage, what percentage is this. Let's just say 1,500. Is this, is this the top? Is this the top? Uh, so then it's the top, what, X percent? Okay, oh. sixty. So, so then, what? One hundred is. So, this is the top sixteen percent of the league, or is top six percent of the league, or top one point six percent of the league. Again, that's long division. No, again, I am so. League. It's just again, I'm jet. It's elite. I'm jet lagged. I'm tired. <laughs> uh, flew back with two children yesterday. Um, six hour flight. I'm jet lagged, tired, and more verbal than mathematic. So, the bottom line is to call him in the top. What do you got? What are, top one hundred of sixteen hundred is top, uh, people are now sitting at home. Long like, division. Come on, one percent. Yeah, that's one point six. Yeah. So the uh, one to, well, to say he's in the top one percent of the, the league is, I think, uh, John Kuhn is. I mean, listen, you got people who are voting, and uh, and the discussion of it—that's the beautiful thing. It creates discussion. It creates uh, a second program after the first program about a reaction show. It creates special Adam Rank podcasts. This is what we're looking for. We're looking about, certainly since it's May, June, and July, which as you know are the dog dog months of the NFL, although I believe May is going to be a little bit more uh, relevant, uh, for the lack of a better phrase, than any time in the non-playing season that we've seen in the um, not soon to be nine years that this network has existed because of the fact that there used to be OTAs for almost every team before the draft. Now there hasn't been. Mm-hmm. This weekend is rookie mini camps. You're going to see all these kids out there that we just saw drafted in their helmets and their new uniforms. And then soon the actual veterans will be out there too. And you're going to see some actual helmets and pads and things of that nature. And May, I think, will be a little bit more 
of a football discussed month than in previous past years. Well, it's remarkable too. Uh, apparently, just under forty million people yes. tuned in for at least one minute to watch the draft coverage. God Again, bless them. I love yeah, it. it's it's really amazing. You know, we've been talking about it. The Stanley Cup playoffs. Now mm-hmm. the NBA playoffs are underway. The baseball season is off and running, and yet, what are people buzzing about? NFL football. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the draft. I mean, forty million people over the weekend tuned in to look at you and mm-hmm. uh, other people step up to a podium, say say a twenty one year old guy's name, and then watch him walk onto a stage in a suit. And yet, it's captivating stuff for the me. NFL draft is the only event on the NFL calendar, or perhaps any sports calendar, in which the main decision makers and participants are not physically at the actual event. I mean, they're all in their war rooms spread mm-hmm. out around the country, and the war rooms are looking much nicer uh, with big sort of like 24-type <laughs> yeah. um, CTU sort of setups. Um, and uh, think about it. I mean, they and this, is, and this is why the tipping of the picks needed to be stopped because in this day and age... You didn't tell Luck and Four about that. Well, though. I mean, no, well, Jason tweeted, and, and yes. as far as I'm concerned, if you're on Twitter right, and you're complaining about finding stuff out, I mean, like, it's the most lawless information dissemination um, unit that's out there right now. It's like the Wild West. It's not policeable. It's not enforceable, and you can't turn it off mm-hmm. unless you physically turn the computer off. So if you're sitting out there saying, why are you tweeting out the page? Like, why are you on Don't Twitter, follow. bro? Don't yeah. Just, just, you know, so bottom line is, though, uh, it is 2012. So why do you need to have somebody sitting in a room 3,000 miles away placing a phone call to somebody sitting by in a telephone that does look like it's almost out of Mad Men? Okay? <laughs> it's not a princess phone. It's like the, it's, it's the, it's the touch-tone um, square phones. And uh, they write down on a card, and they pony express a card up to the stage, and then they write it down, literally like punch the ticket or whatever and with a time stamp on it, and then they write it down, and then they walk it out with the commissioner. You could just, you know, go to a, an encrypted website, point and click on a, on a name, and be done with this thing in like four hours. You shouldn't, could. Shouldn't Goodell just stay up there the whole time and we just text him the picks? We could do mm. that. We could do that. I like the, but yeah, but yeah, the and in the meantime, but what are, you know, and, and it is sponsored by Verizon, so you know you got four bars the whole time. Perfect. Right? Thank you so much. But <laughs> so, but, but but again, in in that respect, it's it's. Um, it is a, a, a sort of strange event in that it, there really is no activity except a running clock and names being announced. I mean, I didn't have a good square meal for four days. Um, sat around on my ass for about 26 hours out of a 72-hour period and loved every minute of it. I mean, it is it is the most um, exciting part of what, again, we all here, as you know, call the non-playing season. It's the Super Bowl of it. It's the ultimate uh, of the regeneration process. And now we start fresh. Like, rosters are pretty much set. I mean, you know, I understand there there may be some old-school veteran that somebody signs in training camp, but pretty much as we're sitting here on the 1st of May, we know what the rosters are mostly going to look like going into training camp right now and folks can can pretty much assess how their team has already handled the last three months based on what happened last year and see if they improved or maybe uh or need to fill a hole or two 
Well, let's do that right now. First, though, let me say, uh, and, and thank you, Rich, uh, in public in this public forum, yes. uh, Rich was kind enough to participate in my latest. I was in New York for the latest Cars.com NFL fans' ultimate road trip. Now, how often are you on the road for that? Like, are you? Well, what, you know, it's do? the bucket list for NFL fans. Right. And so we try to hit uh, the, the stations along the way on the, uh, on the calendar. And um, so I guess the next time we'll be on the road is either for one of those OTAs or for maybe uh, the trip to the Hall of Fame in Canton, okay. one of those two. Right. And then once we get into the season, we'll really uh, we'll really get going probably on Thursday night football. And go. quite a slate, Rich Eisen, for agree. you and the, the fellas agree. to be on. I would agree. we got nine division games. We have um, the non-division games are exciting ones like the, the Giants and the um, – the Panthers, you got the Steelers and the Titans, which will definitely be the slobber knocker that we expect. And mm-hmm. some of these are early on too, so um, that's just off the top of my head. I think we got Cincinnati and the Eagles, which sort of scares me a little bit. That one could be that's the last that's week fifteen. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna assume both teams need it and both teams are gonna be above five hundred when we get there, but that one that one scares me a little, little bit. A little bit of risk there. But what do you think but about it? But it's a risk-reward, as Mayock might say. It's risk-reward. <laughs> risk-reward. But you guys are going to be kicking that off in week two. What do you yeah. What do you think about the expanded Thursday night schedule? Are you excited? Yeah, for? I'm excited about it. I mean, my, my three-and-a-half-year-old has gotten to crying when I leave the house, so that's not going to be fun. Terrific. Yeah. Um, so, um, but, I, I mean, it's dream-come-true sort of stuff. I mean, we started this thing in, in 03. We got games in 06. This is now 2012. We have 13 of them. Um we can only hope the folks of Time Warner Cable and Cablevision sort of smell the coffee, and uh, and folks, you know, won't miss out on probably twelve of twelve of the thirteen of them. I mean, I know new folks in New York uh, will get the Giants over the air when we get them, but the other ones they're not going to get. They're just not going to get them. So um, hopefully that will um, hammer itself out. But uh, it is going to be very exciting. I mean, I've never seen a Bears Packers game in person. I've only seen them. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a New York boy. I so. was at the uh, uh, not a particularly interesting note. I was at the uh, sol- <laughs> at the game in Soldier Field when the fan and I was seated just a section over when the fan jumped out of the stands oh, to catch Monday the, Night Football to that was catch a that extra point. Yes, yes. Yeah. And Robert Brooks, I believe, scored like a. Was he jumping away from you? <laughs> Is that, was that possible? Like, let me let me vacate Perhaps. myself from the from from the vicinity of Damashek. Why is Perhaps a Steeler fan here? How did he get <laughs> in here? In I, don't, I don't I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, it was Monday Night Football. That was back in the day, man. That's yeah. old. That's yep. way back. That's right. Is that yeah. early nineties, late eighties? What is it? Uh, I'd say ninety five ish, somewhere around there. Ninety four no, to ninety six. Yeah, okay. I remember Robert Brooks caught a uh, the the defining play aside from the fan jumping out of the stands was uh, was a very long touchdown reception by him. But uh, what you wear? To- 95. Wow, well, necktie well Miller. There you go, fella. Well there you go. Now we're cooking with gas. What did you right. wear to that game? Did you did you wear Steelers gear? It's uncomfortable no, now. That's not Now this way. is getting uncomfortable. <laughs> that's no, not I my just, way. It's just one of my when was the la- I will tell you, the la- when was the last time you wore a jersey to an NFL game? To an actual game? Yes, I'll, I'll tell you where. you put on a jersey. I'll tell you. And, walk, and went into a, a – st- I'll tell you the last time I did it. I know exactly the last Super Bowl time 40. Yes. Uh, the, the Steelers and the Seahawks. Uh, I was there wow, with so the – this is recent. The Kimmel Show. And uh, and Jimmy had the show to do that evening because yes. it was coming up right after the, the game. So he gave me not just uh, tickets but his tickets at the 50-yard line. I sat literally next to Jessica Alba. The rumors – 
are still out there, but we are we are purely yeah. uh, we're purely friends. I don't but think you're doing anything to squelch them. Yeah, either. <laughs> People yeah. are talking about it. That's right. all I'm. Was she uh, still with the I'm guy saying. from NCIS at that point? No, she's with what with the guy from NCIS. Oh, I don't know. She was. Uh, uh, I Dude. can't think of his name. Mark but, Harmon. No, no, no. Her first boyfriend when she first started getting famous was the oh, guy who is now weirder. on NCIS. This was, no, this is the man who, uh, who she's married to and has two children. I oh, okay. Mark yeah. Ward's kid, Cash. Cash, yeah, yeah. right, yeah, yeah. I've, by, by all accounts, a good guy. Um, so anyway, yeah, so I sat there and I wore a number 55 Joey Porter jersey, oh? to be specific. Yeah. Joey, had, Joey was a star of that week. Yes. star of that week. Just with Jeremy Stevens, that was a, oh, what a godsend that was for us. Absolutely. It was awesome. He went on that rant, and he was scheduled to come on Total Access later that night, and he did, and boy, did he just not leave. <laughs> it was awesome. Love Joey Porter. What about you, though? When was My your last, last time jersey? was uh, the AFC Championship game, Jets at Broncos. Uh, I wore, uh, I sat two rows from the top of the stadium. I was already on SportsCenter, and uh, sat two rows from the top of the stadium in the old Mile High, and uh, I think it was the old Mile High. It could have been the new Invesco, whatever the heck they call it now. Um, and I wore my old, way too short, small for me, Wesley uh, Walker jersey. Oh, very oh, nice. nice. Old uh, school. The old 85 with my, my name Richard Eisen stitched in the back from the Camp Loconda days. <laughs> you know, they, had, they had the label stitched in the, in the, in the neck. Right. So the kids, when you, when you threw it in the, in the laundry, you knew which one was yours when you took it out of the laundry bag, the big mm-hmm. laundry bags. Yeah, I did that two rows from the top of the stadium. and um, Were you recognized? Yeah, a couple times, and I felt like a total idiot. <laughs> um, yeah. Richard Eisen. Richard yeah, Eisen. That was the I last liked... time I did it. So it was 90... That 99. Was 99. 99. Yeah, I yeah, think so, yeah. Well, well, was that was a shutout, of... right, for the Broncos. No, it was not, actually. The Jets were up at half. Bill Parcells oh, had the really? Jets one half away from going to the Super Bowl, and boy, was it quiet in Mile High. Dead quiet. And then um, Broncos kicked the ball off, and one of... Um, and Parcells' old school dudes let him down. Uh, Meggett, Dave Meggett let the ball drop on the kickoff, and the Broncos recovered. Like instead, They kicked it short, and Meggett, the special teams maven from, from Parcells' past, sure. let the ball hit, and the Broncos recovered, scored a touchdown, and then the place erupted, and things went uh, the wrong way for the Jets and went even more wrong when another one of Parcells' old school guys, Keith Byers, fumbled. Um, and the Broncos went to the Super Bowl, and we know the rest is history. But uh, no, it was not a shutout. The Jets, Jets sort of had them. They had them at half, and then you know that's I've why they play the full game. Weird things have gone down in those uh, in, in Mile High slash Invesco over well, the years. That's the, for sure. The, certainly, the latest Jet Bronco game that we had on NFL Network this past yeah. year with uh, with Tebow going over three and a half quarters again only to turn into Superman in the last five minutes. Well, so much to discuss, um, and, uh, and and I guess let's get to the draft then, and then perhaps we can continue to reminisce here. Whatever but you wish, David. Th- let's talk about those. Uh, you, you mentioned the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, forget the uh, dream team, but perhaps the redeem team this year. Oh, and, uh, I like it. And uh, with news that Vince Young is looking at the Buffalo Bills, which would be, uh, I think, a good fit there. But what about those Eagles, and what about those Cowboys who I think – come away as maybe the best team in the NFC now with Morris Claiborne added alongside now Brandon Carr. I don't know about that. that. Fix I mean, the backside of that secondary? I am not, I am not the, a proponent that a draft fixes a team in one year. I just don't. You know, and that's why I love Mayock, who, by the way, is on my podcast this week, is we take our, we, we take our draft coverage cue from him, which is 
when somebody gets drafted and a draft class is put together, uh, Mayock does not act like the Roman emperor where it's either thumbs down or throw it to the lions. You know, it, it is part of a process. This is just part of the evaluation process, which continues. It continues. Now, I, I don't recall the last time somebody drafted a class that, that put them over the top one year in. I mean, I'll tell you one. Let me give, give you give one. Me a draft class one year ago, I'm not saying that the 49, draft class in general. 49ers. Well, no. Well, yeah, well, that's, a, a, of course, one of the all-time greats. But I think that the Houston Texans, who were flawed only, they were fatally flawed the year prior, they draft uh, Brandon Harris from uh, from Miami and, and, and add Jonathan uh, right, and then the, and and add Jonathan Joseph. Suddenly, the back end of that defense well, was you're fixed. You're talking about free agency, right? Right. I'm well, not, Brandon Carr about, and now more. And they Clay have Warren. Wade Phillips, though. I'm just talking about a draft that we could look at. You know, I got the team by teams right here. You look at. I like the Bills draft quite a bit. Quite, mm-hmm. quite honestly, I think this kid Gilmore's could be could be as good as anybody else in the draft. I like Cordy Glenn. I like Ron Brooks. The Zebri Sanders in the fifth round could turn into something. Then anybody who plays defense on TCU for me deserves a look. And Tank Carter's got the name to go with it too. You know what I mean? And and they got a kicker in the seventh round. And you never know, you know, what that that can do. Certainly in the swirling winds of the. Uh, of the uh, Western New York, the kids from Western Michigan. So obviously he's used to cold weather, et cetera, et cetera. You never know. You never know. But I mean, is that is that going to take the Bills to first place in the AFC East? I, I, not this year. So uh, you never know, though. Obviously. And um, so with the draft, you just take a look at at who the kids are, what they did in college, how they fit into the program, and and just hope that you know uh, that the organization does them right. And in that respect. You know, with RG3 in Washington, D.C., people are like, well, if he doesn't come through, you know, Shanahan might eat it. <laughs> you know, and I think and, I think nothing less than his uh, his tenure in. There's no. But I mean, but if he doesn't come through this year, you know what I mean? So uh, I doubt that. And, and what the Redskins need to do is keep Shanahan around. I mean, Peyton Manning, I know, is one of the all time greats. He is. He's on Mount Rushmore. It helped that he and Tom Moore were together for all those years. It certainly did. You know, Eli Manning. Absolutely. Eli Manning's been with Kevin Gilbride from Jump Street. You know, I mean, and, and, and Alex Smith, his fortitude, I think, is deserves a tip of the cap for the number of offensive coordinators that he's been through. Now, he's been stuck there because there was an ownership that definitely wanted to make sure that their money was going to be, you know, put into this kid and they're going to use him. But um, it, it it's tough. And, and so, to me, you take a look at this. You see the kids, what they did on Saturdays, what you think they're going to do in the NFL, how it might translate for the team, and will the team keep things intact and make sure that they're successful. Green Bay, like Nick Perry, for instance, 28th overall. Mayock wasn't too thrilled about him. But, he you know, he goes to Kevin Green's going to get his hands on him. He's from USC. Clay Matthews III is going to get his hands on him. Right. Well, maybe yeah. maybe he he he's going to work out better there than anywhere else because of that. So that's the way I think you can evaluate a draft. And agreed to uh, agreed. That's uh, all I have to say about that, as I, far as Gump would say. Well, I do agree with you to the extent that I've got, uh, the NFL draft lends itself more than anything else in football to 
pretentious commentary from fans. I love I love in the days leading up and then the days after too comments about how people love a guard. You know, just a just a, an average schnook. I love what this kid can do. I think he's got a great upside. I love his motor, so on and so forth. How do you know? How do you know, guy? You're listening to the Mayox of the world provide that analysis. But I do think a guy like Nick Perry, I think a guy, a cover corner like Morris Claiborne, is, you know, a, that's an instinctive position by definition, can come in and immediately start playing. And I think a guy like Nick Perry is allowed to be has the luxury of just being a two-dimensional guy in that Packers defense sure. with the skill around there. Nick Perry, you drop him in some of the other pieces. I feel like that defense isn't entirely fixed, especially without Nick Collins. But and we'll see what they're what they're able to do there. For but. instance, with the Cowboys, I mean, Claiborne is a huge help, and you mentioned the other moves that they've made. Yes, this is all good, and they needed it. But Des Bryant's got to play longer than the first two series of a game. Yes, Miles Austin can't can't hurt his you know have his have an annual soft tissue injury um romo to me gets way too much of the criticism in there and i understand he makes critical mistakes and and in the most critical of times and based on the nature of that position in dallas you know he's going to get all the slings and arrows but you know uh protect him two years ago you know they they signed a fullback off the street he missed his assignment and romo season's over and last year, we all saw what happened with Dallas. Ball gets lost in the lights. Des Bryant does great in the first quarter, and then all of a sudden, third. I mean, how many fantasy owners of Des Bryant will 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 you tap on the shoulder Me. and have them lament <laughs> what happened to him in the second half? I mean, and then they found they found to me a bell cow of a running back uh, last year uh, who, Demarco bre- Murray, yeah, who right? breaks his ankle. And that's unfortunate. Felix Jones is a nice piece of Tiffany, but can he stay? Can he stay healthy? Well, and that course. offensive line has to be, you know, uh, shored up. And to me, if all of that happens, they're a Super Bowl team. They really are. And um, and they just their schedule is brutal. I mean, six the first it, nine it on the road. It is the toughest schedule in yeah, the NFL. There's back to back road games three times in the first nine games. And that's how their six are, are, are of the nine are away. It's not like uh, it's not like broken up <laughs> very much, but they do have most of their other. That means they have most of their home games in the back end of the season. We'll see. But again, with, with the draft, it's just great seeing all these names. We've talked about them for weeks and weeks and weeks, and it's great to see them actually parceled out thirty-two different ways and and try and figure out how how these uh, how these kids fit. And let's, and it, that's part of the excitement of this whole thing. Let's talk about this. I think a lot of people are praising what Cleveland did. I think that this was not a good draft in given the division that that they play in. I don't understand what I, now. I think Cincinnati had a great draft. It seems like everybody. I, I, it seems like that's a universal opinion that their draft was good. A lot of people praising the Steelers or or at least patting them on the back for getting lucky with the Castro falling to them. The the Ravens, some nice defensive pieces there, but the Browns. Trent Richardson with the third overall pick. They trade up to get it. Whether or not they needed to do that is questionable. But this is they, they get a running back in a division that stuffs running backs, and I'm including now Marvin Lewis's uh, uh, Bengals in that. That's six games now you that you have this piece. But you don't throw your hands up, though, right, just because of who you are. Maybe, you know, you got Joe Thomas there. Run behind him. Run behind him and blow some holes open and start knocking some hats off. I, I You know, I, I mean, 
I, I don't like drafting running backs in the top of a, of a first round, but that's just my philosophy. And everybody tells me how special Trent Richardson is. If he is the next Adrian Peterson and it costs you a four, five, and a seven, and the four you got in last year's trades, so it really wasn't your four to begin with, and you still wind up with 11 players from the draft, what's the big deal? Go and do it. And it doesn't cost you more money. It's not going to hamstring you. Go and do it. Whedon, I mean, again, here's the deal with this draft, everybody's draft. Broncos use a second-round pick on Osweiler, okay? If he doesn't pan out, that's a second-round pick out the window. Kirk Cousins, if the if the Redskins don't trade that into some sort of commodity by flipping him later on for a second-round pick or a first-round pick, or if he doesn't do anything and he just sits there and he holds a clipboard for three, four years and you lose him, why in the world did you do that when you don't have two ones and a, a, in the next two years and a two later on in the draft? Why in the, why in the world did you do that? Um, another guy, Whedon, right? Is he is he the real deal? If he's not, then you just you know, then he's Brady Quinn again. Well, and and, and what's further, he's on and 20, on and on. He'll be twenty nine when uh, when the ball snaps in September. And I, that I don't have a problem with. Though. I don't. The theoretically, guy plays. The guy plays ten years. I mean, you, quarterbacks late shelf life is uh, you know late thirties for sure. I sure. mean, that's not a problem. I mean. So, uh, but it is an interesting perspective provided by uh, my pal DJ Gallo is uh, is that when the season starts, he'll be 29. Ben Roethlisberger will be 30. So it's interesting. Now, we having gone through the New York Yankees system, obviously will be ready. Was in a in a passing offense in Oklahoma State. So you think he'll uh, he'll be prepared for what gets thrown at him? And I wouldn't be surprised if he starts the season for the Browns. But my my question is more: Weeden would have been there. My, I, I wonder what I intel they had. That. Where, where, would Wheaton, makes you where was so Wheaton sure. going? Where what was Wheaton going Kansas between City 22 and 36? What makes yeah. you so sure? You can't say I that don't see sure. it. Well, I, we, it, given the climate like, this past this weekend with the trading, maybe Who not. Who thought two years ago t- that uh, the Broncos were going to trade up for Tebow? Nobody. I mean, this stuff comes out of nowhere. I mean, that's the whole thing when you're sitting in a draft room and you have to make these decisions Go for it, man. I mean, seriously, just go for it. Because if he's not available at thirty-seven, after Whedon's gone, now you now now your choice is Osweiler or Cousins. And if you're not enamored with him, and you don't know if something's going to happen, you know, in the in the eighties, like if if he's not going to be there, then then what do you do? If your guy's available and you believe in him, do it, do it. That's my draft philosophy. And for the Browns, they must think that Brandon Whedon is the guy. And if so, go do it. And I don't believe that you shy away from Trent Richardson because of how great the run defense is for the Steelers or the Bengals or or the or you know, or the Ravens. Well, I mean you, I mean you every because listen, the Ravens have Ray Rice, okay, and I know the Steelers are spreading you out still, but they're they you know, you, you do need you do need to run the football some. And if you do have a young quarterback in Whedon, or if Whedon wasn't going to be available in Colt McCoy Definitely go get him if you think he's the next Adrian Peterson. Go get him and let's see what he can do. And also, you got to get the Browns fan, the dog pound, barking again about something. I mean, you got to do that. I mean, last year you were the only team in your division not to make the playoffs. I, mean, I know, and I expect that to happen again this year. I think it, bo- all three of those teams are in the mix again. This and year. I guess in that way, uh, I, I can eat my words from before last year's Cincinnati draft with AJ Green and Dalton. That that may have put them in the playoffs. 
just with those two guys. Yeah, and I, I think I mean, so. So I guess it is possible in that respect, but that's a rarity. That that's a true rarity. So a lot of these guys, I, I just think, and plus I've been to so many rookie symposiums. And just look at, you know, the rookie symposium that didn't happen last year. I've just been to so many of them. And when you see a draft class sitting in a room and you just know that the average uh, length of an NFL career is, you know, I know there was an argument about this with the CBA last year. It hovers around between four and five years. And that these young men who are in that room are 22, 23, which means half of the folks in that room who have just been drafted, their dream has been realized. They're all big men on campus, all of them. Wherever campus they were from, they're pretty much all of them, some way, shape, or form, a big man on campus. Half of them, by the age of 28, are going to have to find a new career. And I just look at these, I mean, that's all I think of when I look at this, you know, these sheets with all these names on it. And everybody sits here and goes, oh, this is a good fit. That kid was really good. Let me tell you what this young man can do in that system. Half of them are going to be done uh, by the end of this decade, even before that. So it's just like who's who are those guys and why do they fail and what happens? It's just it's a total crapshoot, but it is exciting to extrapolate it out and see how it's going to work. And I think that's what's so popular about the draft and the fact also, you know, uh, we've heard a lot of these guys before. You know, we've seen them play on Saturdays. Whereas in the NBA, if you're 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 a diehard, the your key team, difference, yes, that is the key difference versus NHL, NBA, baseball. Of course, sure. you don't know. Who I mean, these you're a fan. Are. You're a fan of the Nuggets, right? And you're like, my Nuggets need this guy or that guy. And I've seen him. I just watched the NCAA tournament, and I've I'm excited. And I I want to know who it is. And David Stern gets up there and reads off the name of some polysyllabic Slovakian, <laughs> and you're like, okay, I got to go to YouTube and see what this guy can do. That rarely happens in the NFL. I mean, it probably never happens in the first Ever, round. Yeah. So, I mean, that's part of the excitement of the NFL, and I think that's why the uh, the NFL draft, and I think that's part of the reason why the combine is so popular too, is we've we've heard of these guys, we've seen these guys, and now they're all stripped of their big man on campus status and put out there in these uniforms that Under Armour puts out there with a name and, uh, you know, uh, on the back, but there's just a number on the front and nothing else and 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 we could see you know who's the smartest team in terms of the evaluation but it's it's at least three to five years before we look back on a draft class and say man that's it so you look at you know the browns i mean this kid acho from texas people were talking about they like him a lot um the offensive tackle from cal you know schwartz people like him you know could they have used a wide receiver before the 100th overall pick sure you got to like the pick of a guy named John Hughes in the 80s. You know, they picked him right there in the middle <laughs> the of the 80s, 87. I mean, come on. I did on. not notice the 80s. John part Hughes of it, was yes. picked at 87. I mean, right? Come on. I mean, how fitting is that? I, I already I already hear the aha music in the back of my head, you know? So, again, I, I don't know. Nobody knows, um, but it was a fun, a fun time in Radio City to watch it all play out for sure. Um, and the, the one thing is is on NFL.com or on your uh, on the television yeah. edition of, of uh, the podcast that airs every week on NFL Network. Will you be featuring the mock draft or not? Or, I'm not. Clear well, you on know that. what we were going to we take, you know, as you know, Chris Law, the producer of, of my podcast and also lots of NFL.com goodies. We were thinking about using it, but it, it was so savaged. You know, it was because there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff that didn't make uh, didn't make the Internet. Mm -hmm. 
and it was just the, the first round with 16 of the 32 picks changing hands. It just destroyed the I mean, And that's just, what's going to happen, right? We're never going to have good useless. mock drafts. To me, to me, I think the mock drafts industry took the biggest hit this yeah. past week. <laughs> Um, I don't know. We'll see how it works next year. But to me, I think the new CBA makes it makes it much more uh, palatable for teams to trade up into the top ten. I know Charlie Cassidy disagreed with that theory, and there are a lot of other um, evaluators disagree with that theory that 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 it makes the picks more valuable, and that other teams are going to have to use more to get up into the top of the top ten because of the demand. Um, and that the players, that there was no clear-cut player after RG3, which made it more of a feeding frenzy at the top, that so many people had different flavors that they liked and went up and got them. I disagree. I, I mean, would would Dallas have gone for Mo Claiborne if they knew that they were going to take a draft pick that cost them X as opposed to X plus $10 million to go up to that sixth spot? Uh, Jacksonville moving up 10 spots for a team – you know, the difference between paying a seven and a five in the old salary scale was a significant amount of money. But from go to go from 14 to six to go from 14 to six would have, you know, obviously Jerry Jones probably would have eaten it just like Arthur Blank did to go from 21 to six last year mm -hmm. or 20, whatever they did uh, to six. They went up 21 spots. But, you know, I mean, um, I, I just think that the mock draft, it, it's just it's a difficult thing to do because you're just saying, OK, let's just assume there are no trades. That's never going to happen, which is general. Right. Well, but but for but, the most part, we haven't seen it. That but to have without, half yeah, of the no. first round picks change hands, half of them, you know, uh, I, I think is going to be the norm. Yeah, I agree. Which is going to make my head pop off my neck, you know, <laughs> as hosting this thing, because, you know, I'm going to talk about this on my uh, podcast, too, but. You know, there were twice, two times in the first round of our coverage where the commissioner ha had two or three picks in his back pocket, right. and we're waiting for it. And the reason for, for that was uh, because of the trades, that a team that trades knows exactly who they're trading for. They're not going to trade and then sit on the clock for five minutes. They're going to make a trade and say, here's our pick. So at the top of that first round, there's Justin Blackman out there with the commissioner on the Radio City stage with mm -hmm. his Jacksonville hat on. And Dallas, just five minutes before, had already struck the trade to go from 14 to 6. So we're waiting right. on who Dallas has chosen. And Dallas has just made a trade from 14 to 6, which is news. Who is it going to be, which is news. And then the seventh overall pick, Tampa, which is what traded down to 7. So Jacksonville could select the guy who's on your screen right now in a Jaguar hat. They have made their selection. Who have they chosen? Who did they trade down and hope was still available? Who's the name? What's the name of that guy? And it, with all of that playing out, the Dolphins were on the clock, and you guys have been talking about the draft as much as anybody else in this building. The main story, since RG3 was traded for, essentially, by, by the Redskins, the main story is, where's Tannehill going to go? Right. Will the Dolphins go ahead and trade up for him? Will they stand pat? And if they stand pat, will he still, would they go ahead and take him at eight? They were on the clock. So that's the main story that we've been talking about for the last two months. That was So there were three different things happening that were more current to discuss than the picture that was going on the screen. And my head was popping off my neck. Like, like what do you talk about? Because you <laughs> want to talk about Blackman. I mean, what a stellar college career he had and what he's going to mean to the Jaguars. But the Cowboys have just traded. Who's that going to be? The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have traded down. They've already chosen. Who might that be? Meanwhile, the Dolphins are on the clock. What are, what are they going to do? 
And man, I mean, that was that was just one instance in the first round. And part of the backlog is also because some of these uh, young men in the green room, they were like David Ortiz Cadillacing around the bases to come out to the stage. <laughs> I mean, some of them took like they, I'm telling you, the, the league's going to put a <laughs> clock on these guys. <laughs> the only people there's going to be two things on the clock, a team and a, and a recently drafted kid in that green green room. You know, it's just like say, you know, basically say your congratulations in advance to your family because the minute you're picked, <laughs> you're going to get picked. T- so you've you got get- basically two people you can hug. That's it. Choose two what you're in your entourage <laughs> to hug. And, you know, um, and if your parents aren't there or a family members on there, an agent is one of them that you can do. But other than that, you got two family members to hug and you got you, you know, get your get ass up. out on that stage. <laughs> And I'm telling you also, the league is going to have to get, like, an official photographer out there snapping one photograph for everybody. This whole <laughs> cell phone stuff where the cousin gets in and then gets out and says, let me get this. Let me take that. Let's, okay, you five come out. You six come in. No, no, no. Your entourage comes out. Somebody who's an official photographer for the NFL snaps the picture. Yeah, Dave Drapkin, who's there, and or or Ben Liebenberg takes right. the picture. Ben takes the picture, or Dave, or anybody. Let Liebenberg take the picture. He's <laughs> he gets more camera time than the commissioner during the Absolutely. first round. You see him running around the stage. Ben takes the picture. Everybody get off so Roger can get back up there again. Right. This is all coming. This is all coming. Things you know. I mean, things evolve. The drafts evolve. We got the cell phones in the hands out. We got that out. We put the drama back in. Now we got a hot press backstage putting the, the the letters on the back of the uniforms. We got that. So there's more immediacy going on. We just got to get this thing moving. I know. I, I do feel like. Pre- go I, ahead. I feel like you've, you fixed the draft. I did because not. I feel, <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Wait, stop, I did not. Stop. Stop being modest. You were the one. I didn't. No, no. Stop it. No. You were the one who said, you know what? We need to stop going to camera. With these guys on cell phone, well, I, I wasn't the only one. No, I mean, I would say the, okay. I would say there's a there's a very powerful man way up the flow chart, uh, RG one, who felt the same way. <laughs> uh, and if it was up to me, the these conversations. I mean, you heard that you heard the cowboy conversation with Mo Claiborne. We played it eighty billion times. Mm-hmm. It was on dot com. It was on our broadcast. That conversation was moving. Okay, Claiborne was crying. The Cowboys were celebrating. It's awesome. Why must that conversation take place before the commissioner makes the announcement? Why? It's yeah. just like, hey, this is Jerry Jones. Mo, I just spoke to uh, Les Miles. He loves, loves, loves you. You're going to be a cowboy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, we're so excited to have you. Me too. The kid starts crying. Here's your coach. Hey, it's Jason Garrett, Mo. How are you? I'm great, coach. Well, we're really excited to have you as a Dallas Cowboy. Okay. Me too. All right. Here's your defensive coordinator, Rob Ryan. Rob? Hey, coach, how are you? Come on. Why can't that conversation happen after Roger says who you are? I mean, kid's still emotional. Here's what happens. Kid doesn't know. Kid doesn't hear. We can show the moment, okay, when he happens. Boom. Commissioner makes the pick. You have 90 seconds to get your ass on the stage. Everybody from your entourage comes with you. Hug them on the stage. See Roger, hold up the uniform, turn around. Liebenberg takes one picture, maybe two for safety in case anybody's blinking. Go see Dion, go see Susie Calber or some variation thereof and get to the next pick. That, I'm telling you, is coming down the pipe. Wow. That's next year's fix. Baby steps, though, because the, the the fix that you did make, the one thing that makes the draft a more pleasurable viewing experience yes. is not seeing... 
I, you know, the oily Drew Rosenhauses of the world with a, he with was a cell sitting, phone. He was sitting next he was to there. somebody. He actually had a cell phone and an iPad, which is like somebody with those. That's too many communication devices yeah. for a man. With <laughs> I mean, that, that for a man like him, he should get one. That's it. Just choose one. And that's all. I mean, you get a 3G uh, one way or another, and that's it. End of story. But, yeah, I saw him back there. That's the next fix yes. for the draft is just to get these. Again, it's the, it's a great moment for you and your family. Uh, I, I do not care to rain on your parade. But if there are other teams making trades and picking, we cannot have people sitting at home wondering, how in the world is Carolina picking ninth when I have not heard who the sixth overall pick is? Well, because when the pick is in, not only is one card with the name taken to the stage, but that one card is also copied and sent to the next draft table so that team knows who's been taken. That's how the draft can can continue to move forward. That's how it works. That's how Paul Allen can tweet out 15 picks because (laughs) he's hearing who has been selected because everybody's got to take that guy off the draft board and figure out how they move further on on their draft board. So there you have it. That's my two cents. That's the next fix. It is compelling to to look at, of course. And, uh, you know, it's like watching uh, someone win the lottery 32 times in a row. It's great. (laughs) And, in fact, that is, if I may promote again, the cars.com. The new segment is watching someone get drafted, get to live that experience. I've got to go speak to Mike Mayock. I'm sorry to bolt on you, but... uh, this is oh, I mean, very we've, well. we've spoken for like a nice no, long, a long time. time. Yes, we, we have, and we didn't even get. And this is we got to have you back on the show because we got to talk about your your stand up. Anytime. Oh yeah, he's oh, a stand up. One word wait. as you go out. One one piece of advice for you, yes. Rich. What, what I really wanted to do was to get to know Rich Eisen. We uh, we can break down the draft. I wanted to get to know the man, Rich Eisen, a little <laughs> bit, or allow the audience in. Well, may I give you this little uh, thought that please. I've uh, that I've been uh, mulling over for yes. quite some time. Yes. Rich Eisen, a good, you know, listen, you've achieved a great deal already, but what about Richard, Rick, Rich, Mm -hmm. Dick? No. Dick Eisen. Well, people call me that behind my back. Um, (laughs) And there are many times I have introduced myself to, you know, hey, everybody, I'm Dick Eisen, everybody, you know, in the most uh, Brockmeyer version. But no, when I I, uh, graduated from Northwestern, uh, Medill School of Journalism, and had my eight, my uh, my three quarter inch uh, resume tapes to spread out uh, across the entire United States at uh, small to uh, just carpet bomb small market television stations with my three quarter inch resume tape. Um, I had a buddy of mine uh, who's on Fox News right now. His name is James Rose, and I went to high school with him. He's been a Fox News reporter for years. Um, he's also a caricaturist. So I asked him because he had the best penmanship. He had like a font, like his hand has got a font. That's how neat he, he writes. So I had him come and write the, my name and phone number and all that stuff to stick on the tapes if he wouldn't mind. So sure. He said he would do that. And we actually sat there, me and two of my buddies, like what will, cause I, I grew up Richard. I mean, that's, that's what I'm, my given name. My mm-hmm. parents still call me Richard and friends of mine from high school call me Richie still. Mm. Um, That's I wouldn't mind that one. Richie Eisen would be. I nice. made I made a distinct like Richard Eisen is not a sportscaster name. Dick Eisen sounded a little bit too fifties. Uh, you know, it sounded a little too old school. It didn't really fit. So I went. We we made a conscious decision. It's Rich Eisen, and that's how I've for I've been known since nineteen ninety four when I got my Reading job, and obviously when I hit Sports Center in ninety six, that was the end of that. So, but Dick Eisen has been uh, summarily rejected. Uh, many moons ago 
for that matter. But thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I've only sat here for 50 minutes. I waited uh, 52 (laughs) minutes technically for rank. And you leave me by saying, why don't I call you Dick? Which is great. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. I hope you take none of that in the wrong way. I take none of it the wrong way. You're a good man, Dave Damashek. You're a good man. Richard Eisen, a pleasure uh, for you to pay us a visit. Been uh, waiting for that uh, quite some time. Uh, You were kind enough to have me on your podcast many moons ago. Yes, uh, we'll have to do another home and home. I I would love to do uh, I love to do that. All right. There he goes. Rich Eisen out the door, out of Studio 66. I like his idea, Ranky. It's not just fixing the draft. It's, Mm -hmm. I don't know, fixing this podcast, but enhancing it. What about that? For episode 66, that should be a grand occasion here. 66, we can honor the man, the greatest player to ever lace up the skates in the NHL. Didn't we used to have a producer on this show? I don't know. Oh, it's our producer guests? today. I mentioned him earlier, though. Uh, let's uh, let's welcome him back. It's been some time since he's been behind the glass there. It's Necktie Milner. What's Hello. the poop? How are we? Hi, Dave. Adam. Great to be back. It's yeah. like when a team puts on an old-timer's jersey. <laughs> I'm what, trying classic to classic and always the best. Yeah, you know, everybody yeah. everybody longs for that. They're like, oh, I remember when you know we didn't have guests and. I'm trying to think of. <laughs> I'm trying to think of um, the sports analogy for that. Like Pete Rose was, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, Pete Rose returned. He was, you know, he was great at one time, uh-huh. and then uh, he left the Reds, and right. then he went off and uh, Phillies, the Phillies wins a World Series, goes to the X. I'm like Michael then Jordan. Comes, then he comes back and he puts on the old uniform again, and it's like, ah. Eh. Yeah, maybe it doesn't look so good now in hindsight. Now, what, who is who I'm Michael, no, that? I'm, I'm wearing the 45, the Chicago Bulls 45, uh, the Michael Jordan 45. Yeah, yeah, not That's good. What I'm doing. Hey, so real yeah. quick, necktie, people yeah, okay. may forget uh. as we uh, as we ba- break down the uh, draft a little bit. The 49ers, a lot of arrows yes. being slung in in mm-hmm. uh, Jim Harbaugh and company's direction for mm-hmm. some questionable picks they make. As a 49ers fan, how say you? Uh, I've gone back and forth a lot, and here's my breakdown. Uh, the first round, I was shocked like a lot of fans. A.J. Jenkins, who is this? I wanted uh, a Kobe Fleener, a red zone threat. I wanted uh, a big receiver like an Alshon Jeffrey or Ruben Randall, but instead they go with this A.J. Jenkins guy, and at first I was a little upset. Uh, as the days went on, I learned that a lot of other teams had them high on, high on their board too, so I felt a little bit better. Second round, I really like LaMichael James. I think he is a stud. By the way, let me interrupt you. Oh, I think you. that this comment, I think the I comment that you hear a lot is, well, other teams had him high on their draft board, and yeah. somehow that rationalization makes you feel better about it. A little I'm bit. I'm hearing this quite a bit for anyone who was a reach. The Bears pick, which, by the way, to me feels very much like an overzealous fantasy football owner who reaches for a guy. I think this guy's going to be really good. Yeah, you didn't have to take him in the first round, though. He would have been there in the fifth round, and in the meantime, you could have gotten other good players. Nobody was in. You, 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 you were basically drafting against yourself. No one else was going but to get that fans, guy anytime most soon. Most fans judge a team's draft based on whether the fan knew about the player. Or I not. well, no, but I so know. But I didn't know about AJ guys, Jenkins. But if personnel guys say, "Yeah, we had him high on our board," doesn't equal we were going to take him if if. If the 49ers right. didn't. So, all right. Uh, I've rationalized it that way. But Michael James, I think he's great. I think he's a stud. Awesome player. But what I'm torn with is that they, now have, they the 49ers, now have five running backs. They have uh, uh, Anthony Dixon, who's a big back, who will probably get cut. They just signed Brandon Jacobs, who's a big back, and I wish they never did. They have Frank Gore, who's their, their workhorse. They have Kendall Hunter, who's their change of pace back. But then they just drafted another change of pace back. So there's... 
a lot of other needs I thought they could have addressed, but I like the player, so I'm kind of torn there. And then um, the rest of the draft, they filled in some holes at offensive line. They got some picks for next year. So uh, it's really a kind of a wait-and-see reaction I had from the 49ers. What is Frank draft. Gore? Is- it's a fr- funny thing with Frank Gore. I mean, I, I think we all agree. We talked to Charlie Casserly last week on the podcast on Episode 63. I encourage you to go and listen to that one if you're interested uh, to see how we did in our preview of the draft. But um, – I you know I guess the 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 conclusion is is Frank Gore is done. I mean not or or, or just about uh, just about finished here because I like Brandon Jacobs and Lamichael James. That's a nice duo. You no, know, Brandon Brandon Jacobs is bad now. He can't he can't get short yardage in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, maybe. They threw him in there on third and one and fourth and one, and he couldn't get a yard against the 49ers. Yeah, going against is, the 49ers, which is, is the best run defense in the league. Right, but that's weird that the defense that stopped him now is like, you know what, I like you as my goal line back. I'm going to sign you. What did you think last year when the team drafted Alden Smith? Were you in favor of that? I I, I wasn't quite sure what he brought. I knew that they needed uh, some pass rushing help, and what I heard is that he was a, a, a good pass rusher, so I didn't think he was going to turn out like this, but I knew they needed to fill that position, so I'm glad they addressed the position. But like a like a lot of fans, you didn't know a lot about Alden Smith. I thought there were a couple other guys you know, higher on Mayock's board, but uh, it turned out well. Okay, remember that <laughs> Remember that when you're thinking about the 49ers draft this year. Well, Same I, situation. I do think that, the, that, that what uh, the 49ers needed uh, is the overused cliche, the, the 21st century cliche, take the top off the defense. That's what they needed more than anything else in a wide receiver. As a I'm burner. glad they went with their wide receiver. I thought that, that was, it was a wide receiver or guard. Guard's not a sexy pick, but they needed that help. So I'm glad they went with the receiver. I would have also liked Kobe Fleener, kind of a red zone threat because they were atrocious on third down and goal line, uh, or sorry, red zone uh, efficiency. So I thought Kobe Fleener would help. But A.J. Jenkins, if he turns out uh, to be to be productive, I'm glad they went with some offense to help out Alex Smith. Did Kobe draft, Fleener. I mean, draft- I, I, this, the, it may be the thing is going to be that the, the so-called uh, splitting the seam, another cliche now that tight ends do. We saw Gronkowski and Hernandez do it to great effect. Maybe that is the thing. It's not wide receivers anymore. Uh, maybe it is now having those pass-catching tight ends that can make the difference for you until defensive coordinators around the league start to adjust to it. Obviously, the who was the uh, who's the new tight end that the Patriots went out and got? They got another good tight end uh, a couple months ago in free agency, and I can't think of who it was. Tony Scheffler. No, was it Scheffler? Yeah, I think so because I was cracking Wait, was wise there? about finally them uh, the Patriots addressing their no no no, their oh, great no it needed. was a former whoever it was. The Have point we... is. Maybe that is maybe that is the wave of the future now is to have great pass catching tight ends and uh, you know Daniel it, Fells was the guy you're Daniel Fells, Fells. Daniel yes, Fells former right. Rams tight end, um, but uh, so I think just to to put a uh, uh, to punctuate um, the Browns discussion from a little while ago. I feel like that the mistake was even if Brandon Whedon so they so they coveted Brandon Whedon so be it to not get a wide receiver. To not get any wide receiver, which you could say is their greatest need with the possible exception of quarterback, is a real problem. And, uh, you know, I stand by what I say. Running back is not an essential position 
in the NFL any longer. Obviously, the the successful teams bear that out. I don't think you need to have a dominant uh, running back in order to get to a Super Bowl. And so uh, to to get Trent Richardson, fine. I maybe trade down, get Justin Blackman, who I like into Santonio Holmes. I think any team would give up a first round draft pick to get uh, uh, outside of getting a franchise QB. Would be happy to have someone who plays like that. So I think that that, that they really swing and miss with that. And uh, Brandon Whedon, I, I like him. I think he uh, is a better option from day one than Colt McCoy is. I like that big arm and everything, but who's he throwing it to? Is Greg Little going to emerge a year delayed from, from you know, people had high hopes for him in his rookie season. I don't know about him. What had I Had as many targets as Mike Wallace last year. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. No, see, Rank was, that's where Rank was. He was late for the podcast. He was off uh, getting those numbers on Greg Little. Um I think the the other three teams in the AFC North, and, and like we were talking about, Rank, NFC North, AFC North, two best divisions in the NFL going into it. Both, uh, I, I think, the Bears with Alshon Dre- uh, Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall there to take him under his wing and teach him the ropes of how to do things as a professional football player <laughs> can only go beautifully. How but can no, that I, go wrong? I really do like that one. Uh, I do like that pick for them. And then the Packers, I think their defense, they fix it. The Nick Collins, uh, uh, you know, not with, uh, you know, dumping him, notwithstanding, I do think they fix that defense uh, pretty well. And, of course, they don't have to be the uh, 86 Bears in order to do that. Um, to, oh, I'm to, proud to be, of you for using the 86 Bears uh, in my right. reference. Uh, <laughs> thank you. So, uh um, anyhow, so I, I so I think they're good. I think the Packers are good. The Lions, they're the one out of that trio of NFC North teams that I have questions about to not get a to not get a corner there with that shameful secondary that they had last year to not go first round and instead to take a, an offensive lineman. Questionable. Um, we say the Ravens did well, the Bengals did well, the Steelers. All of a sudden, that uh, that weakness, and people say, "Oh, they had a couple of deficiencies there last year with Roethlisberger taking shots." That offensive line has been lousy. Mm-hmm. It's been putrid, including the year that they won the Super Bowl last, in uh, when Santonio caught the uh, touchdown pass with uh, a minute left. So you're happy with David DeCastro? Well, you uh, like I, what he, you like what I, he like brings I to say, the field. I don't want to. I don't want to be too pretentious about it uh, and and act like I know who is going to be a great offensive lineman in the NFL. But on the other hand, assuming these guys live up to their respective pedigrees, DeCastro and Mike Adams out of Ohio State, all of a sudden that weakness seems fixed. This has been a problem for years and years now in Pittsburgh, that that crummy offensive line. So all of a sudden, yes, I think think that that they're in good shape. on that front, and people keep asking who's going to carry the ball, I keep saying Baron Batch, the Texas Tech kid who ripped his knee in preseason. So I think uh, the future's bright, at least for that offense. And it's a little sad because Dante Hightower, the middle linebacker, out of uh, the t- out of Alabama was supposed to be going there. That's what we've heard for the last couple of months. So they don't get that, but they make up for it with what is supposed to be the next Allen Fanica. That's the buzz that, uh, that that's how good this guy's supposed to be and Fanica on his way to the Hall of Fame. And um, all right, now here he comes. Let's play his theme music here, Necktie Milner. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. 
He's handsome, he's handsome, he's handsome. That's right, it's Handsome Hank. What's Hi, Dave. How are you? Oh, handsome. It's been too long. It's been a long time, hasn't it? And and I see that uh, Necktie's back. So like a sort of, he's come back. It's and, a reunion. Re- retiring. Um, were you on the podcast? Would you, were you a podcast regular when Necktie Milner I, was producing? You'd occasionally oh, invite me in here. Yeah. He was my first guest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we booked. <laughs> he's my agent now, actually. Wow, a blast. good rapport. This is all blast from the past. It's almost like watching a Rams game with Dieter Brock. <laughs> oh! There we go. Damashek, back you. in the game. Back in the game. If look you haven't been following you. along, we uh, we see who can get Dieter Brock into the podcast um, each week. And I think that makes our overall competition of mentions of Dieter Brock on the podcast. I think I now trail you by one. We have. All time, is that right? That seems right. I think so. All right. Well, we'll our official uh, statistician. Dan of Thunder will uh, 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 on Twitter know. will let us know. And speaking of Twitter, at Adam Rank, at Damashek, and uh, and at NFL UK Hank. That's correct. Yeah. That's right. Yep. So there he is, handsome I Hank. The, I broke the one thousand follower mark today. Yay! Pretty excited about. Yay! It. Is that right? Yeah. Don't you yeah. think that uh, Don't you think that the Dave Damashek football program deserves at least some credit for that? I, I oh, pretty much all the credit. Aren't you amazed, handsome? That uh, because I see them, people often tweet to me or at me or whatever the, the correct uh, preposition is there, um, that, that uh, they are fans in the U.K. and they love Handsome Hank. I get that all the time. I, I understand the fans in the U.K., the fans of Handsome Hank, I don't, I don't necessarily get, <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy for them. And it's great because, of course, I, I mean, I don't uh, like to pull the curtain back, but, of course, uh, you're, you're just a guy from Altoona, Pennsylvania, and, <laughs> and you're doing this fake accent this just accent, to bring a little— it's, it's tough to carry off for, the, for as long as I have. A to. little elegance. That's what I like <laughs> how you sell it. It's like, it's got to carry it off. <laughs> Henry's thousand uh, followers in the UK actually translate to about sixteen hundred US here, so yeah. it's oh, even more. Oh, get that like rim that. shot in there, uh, necktie Milner. Well done, well done. Rank's looking confused still. See what happens is <laughs> right. there's a thing called the pound, which is what the uh, the money is in the overseas, and here's the US American dollar. Adam. Isn't that? Oh, I, 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 don't I don't know. I don't know. Like I said You're earlier, to sell a joke. I don't know math, but I wouldn't it be the other way around? I don't know. Well, see, I mean, not be sixteen hundred. I I, I messed up. I messed up my math earlier. I messed up my math earlier with when Rich was uh, here. So don't don't talk to me about my math. Um, that's well, the, that's why I had that stunned look on my face because I'm like I think it does go in reverse. Yeah, <laughs> it would be like six hundred U.S. dollars equal a thousand. Is that right? I don't know. What, do what I is care? it? You the know the pound. Round. You're the one. It's who the goes. other way around. It is. So yeah. so necktie did get it right. I I don't know. Listen now. Let the here's what I do now. You are the um, you are the resident Miami Dolphins fan. So talk about what Eisen said. The one of the chief stories of the draft: Ryan Tannehill to your Dolphins. Go. Uh, I'm. Uh, it was it was self fulfilling prophecy, wasn't it? We all knew that was coming about a month. Ago. I don't know. Six. Uh, I well. Seemed like I, it was in. It, it seemed like uh, that was. It wasn't a hundred percent clear. Uh, up until ten minutes before they made the pick, uh, I don't know. I'm. I, I mean, I'd love to believe that that was the case, but uh, at one point it sounded like they were going to trade up for Ryan Tannehill because they were worried that someone else was going to come mm-hmm. in and grab him. So I th- the best case is that at least they didn't, you know, sell on any other picks to get there. But um, I'm excited. I, uh, why not be excited about a guy who has a head start on the on the playbook? You know, no one will come into any team knowing the the offensive playbook at least as well as Tannehill knows uh, Mike Sherman's. 
You put him in an equal competition with David Garrard and Matt Moore in training camp, at least for a period of training camp, and you see who wins that job. I, I think a lot of people have talked about, well, he can't start now. I don't think Jeff Ireland is in a position where he can say, oh, cool, okay, well, we'll, we'll sit him for a couple of years. I think I think they'll be he'll be encouraged to um, to to get him out there and, and see whether he can win the starting job. And well, if the, he doesn't work out, you got to find wide receiver. <laughs> exactly. There's always that to fall back on. Well, that was, uh, as a matter of fact, the joke I was just going to crack there, Rank, is he might be their best wide receiver. He might that, well be, that's, that's the problem the, that's the for issue. Him. That's the issue. I mean, they picked up a couple of late-round receivers. I was kind of disappointed. They had a shot at getting Stephen Hill and uh, when he was sitting there, and they didn't get him. And I think that... That would have been a uh, a better move for them than waiting until right at the end of the draft. To, to I know that they had. I, I know there was a need at uh, right tackle for right. them to to fix that. That's been a problem for some time. But on the other hand, they have no one to catch passes. I mean, who? Uh, I, how can what? What, what expectation? But, what fair expectation can anybody have for any of those QBs? But Dave, let's look at the the Packers' offense. All those guys who've done so well in Green Bay's offense up until now, was Jordy Nelson a big name when he was drafted? No, he wasn't. He was because he worked in their system. I don't see why Devon Bess and Brian Hartline and guys like that, it's not like they're not talented. I think they could just as easily oh, emerge no, it, as, uh, as... No, it is that way. Well, Stop I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think they could just easily, uh, just as easily emerge as any of the Packers players um, that did uh, you know, under Philbin and in, in that offense. Um, and uh, so I, I think the Patriots make some, for the most part, I think they make some uh, some great pickups there. Yep. A couple of questionable ones, or at least one questionable one. But I think for the most part, they get better. I think that uh, there's something to be said for that as you, as you look at the, uh, the, the takeaway. The teams that we always talk about, that you know, I always say I don't like parity. I'm not, uh, I'm not for parity, and I always think the NFL is is the is the personification of parity because there's always that team that comes out of nowhere, uh, you know, goes from three and thirteen to being a playoff team. But on the other hand. It's the same names that are always in the playoffs, or almost always in the playoffs. There, there are those those cornerstone teams, starting with Pittsburgh, almost always in the mix. Baltimore, New England, Philadelphia, last year uh, accepted, and so on. There are these teams that are, you know, the Packers are, are now uh, emerging as one of those teams, and those teams all seem to have great drafts. Yeah. You know, it's got to be frustrating if you're a, one of those teams on the outside looking in. Yes. Absolutely, and I think the interesting thing about them is they tend to stick to their draft board, and they just take the you know they don't reach for players. And I guess because they're in a position at the back end of the draft anyway, they you know the best player there is a player that will fall to them that probably is better than you'd expect at a position like twenty six in the draft because someone up there has reached for Ryan Tanner. Can I give you can I give you fellas two teams right now that maybe will change as we get into August? I'll I'll, I'll put these down in pen but i'm gonna pencil these in right now my two i already say dallas and green bay to me are the two best teams in the nfc although the bears are there too and i think the the eagles are somewhere in that mix those are the teams to me in uh, in the nfc but here's my sleeper team right now the tampa bay buccaneers i think josh freeman going into year three he now has a legitimate receiver i know rank you don't love vincent jackson but let, he, he's, he's certainly better than what they better have. Better than what he had, right? And 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 now you go and now you can start slotting all those other receivers more appropriately. You don't need to, you know, everybody's, you know, the, the, they're not going to get uh, double cover. The uh, the uh, second year kid out of uh, Syracuse last year, mm-hmm. name? Yes, you don't know. Black tie or black tie necktie? Thanks. He Thanks, was Adam. in my ear. 
It's, uh, I believe the, the player you're looking for is Mike Williams. Mike, Mike Williams. Williams. I was, I was going to say, I, for some reason, I had uh, I had uh, Michael Clayton, yeah. Mark Clayton, and uh, I was Mike thinking of. Williams, I was trying to think Williams, of Aurelius Mike Ben, um, and then yeah, so. So and then Kellen Winslow, if he can ever stay on the f- field. But yes, I like that. Uh, it's not even necessarily what they did in the draft, although Mark Barron seems to be one of those. The NFC you know, South is going to flip. It's bad. I, I you know, the it's- Falcons had some great pieces, but I still don't love the coaching staff, and I, I, I still don't uh, have all the faith in the world, in Matt Ryan. But uh, but they maybe are the best team. If they don't win that division, though, I think it's it's going to be Tampa Bay because Carolina is. Good. I know you think they're going to even get into the playoffs, but, um, but, but you know, I think the Saints are obviously going to drop off. And then in the AFC, here's one: the Jacksonville Jaguars. If Blaine Gabbard can be halfway decent, he now has weapons. He has he has one of the most underrated perennially uh, players in the NFL in uh, MJD, and now they have at least. A stable of wide receivers who, uh, you know, I uh, it depend uh, is Justin Blackman a franchise receiver? I'm not sure about that, but at least he has some some halfway decent uh, options to throw the you know ball what, to. You know what? And their defense me, is good. You know what bothers me about Justin Blackman? What the Jaguars like him? Yeah, that is that that should <laughs> be a red the kiss flag. Of death. That should be a red flag. All right, quickly, handsome Hank. Well, uh, as you do uh, when you join us here, you read some interesting comments, whether they come across on uh, multimedia on the. Uh, what's it called? Multimedia, uh, yeah. Media, social media, social media. Social media I don't it. know. I'm old school. Whatever you call it, fancy pantses. Just read your. Okay. Just read the thing. This is from the multimedia. This is from um, no. This, this was the old sorry, school. Came yes. across on terrestrial yeah. radio. It came on the radio, the wireless. Um, John Harbour, the Ravens head coach, um, was talking about. Was asked about the Patriots Super Bowls and Bill Belichick, everything else. He said, "The funny thing about it that is that in the end, everything's brought before the light of day when it's all said and done. So what happens is, even the thing in New England, no matter whether whether those things had any impact on whether they won their championships or not, they got asterisks now. They've been stained. So to me, it's never worth it. And that it is cheating. Well, one John Harbaugh." You know, I don't. Uh, I don't like a lot of what he has going. I don't like the. I don't like the Gatorade baths in October. I don't like that he prepares his team to be so fixated on the Steelers that they are the Moby Dick to uh, to his Ahab Ravens. You know, they 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 just are so consumed with beating Pittsburgh that they fail to take care of business against lesser teams. And I don't care for his uh, his malaprops, his his mixing of uh, of uh, of cliches. There, the funny thing about that is, in the end, everything is brought before the light when it's all said and done. Too many, you know, that's uh, so many, many cliches jammed yeah. into one sentence. <laughs> that being said, he and I uh, park our cars in the same garage on this one. I don't understand why Patriots and their fans seem to think like, oh yeah, all that will remain is is uh, are those Lombardi trophies. How we got them, everyone will forget about that. No, they won't. Not Listen, happen. I've always said, a hundred years from now, you will open the NFL history book. You'll open it and you'll say, wonder what happened in the in the first uh, decade of the 21st century. Let's look that up. And you won't be able to make it out because there will just be a huge stain across the page because that will live as long as those Lombardis last. They cheated. The Spygate, the, I, I, it's not a morality issue. It's a competitive advantage. When you compare it to Bounty Gate, Bounty Gate is obviously morally worse. Go injure somebody. Go 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 hit him where he's art. We know he has a bum knee, so go hit him in it. Is obviously hit that guy in the head. Morally worse, Much. but competitively, 
knowing the other team's plays is worse. Yay or nay, Rank? I agree with you. Dave, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) You're with me? We're getting scolded. It's like black tie never left. We're going for the tight 95. All right. So so, uh, how far have we gone here uh, there, black tie? I mean, uh, necktie. Sorry about that. He's just giving us the wrap it up sign. That's all he is. All right, cracking the whip. All right, well, listen, uh, handsome Hank. What about number sixty-five? I, I wait. I oh, have yes. something else to talk about. Please, very quickly, please do. Kickers please. in the draft. Very quickly. I two na- Well, three names. Um, the the Jags punter Anger. I mean, that's that's awesome. Then the Texans um, <laughs> drafted a kicker called Randy Bullock, which is fantastic. And then just as if they hadn't done enough, the Jags go back into the draft because they want to tie someone up with anger on special teams. Long Ding, a Chinese kicker called Long Ding. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. What I I wish I knew how to say uh, his name, but I love the uh, Steelers' fourth-round draft pick. uh, uh, Alameda Tuamu. Yeah, I think Tuamu. I'm gonna have to. Right. I'm gonna have to learn how to. There's say some it good names. Like so we, we actually got something on NFL.com on the best names out of the uh, 2012 draft. Handsome, Go quickly. Visit. Hey, don't come up here if you're just gonna plug NFL.com. Sorry. I'm well, just... let's plug one thing on NFL.com at least, and that is uh, the Cars.com piece. Yes. Uh, Handsome Hank, you got to look at that. Did you like it or no? I did enjoy it, and I'll look forward to putting it on NFL.com on Wednesday. Today is Tuesday, Today's so it Tuesday, won't be up Wednesday. if you're listening on Tuesday. Look for it on yes. Wednesday. All right, yeah, it was me with a fan and the help of Rich Eisen and yep. uh, and uh, some other Victor people. Cruz. Victor Cruz, I yeah, I forgot to yeah. mention the great Victor Cruz. Yeah, yeah. he's in there. So, and uh, rank anything you want to plug? Uh, shorthand goals should kill penalties. Oh, he's he's, he's fixated on his L.A. Kings. Now. That's okay. I just I just don't understand that rule. Like the ultimate goal to to stopping a penalty should be to score on the opposing team. What do you mean? That should be. That should be it. Well, it is. Uh, a penalty kill, boom. You score, penalty's over. That is the way of the NHL, that if you can score a shorty when the other team has the power play, it uh, it changes everything in, in that particular well, you game. You see how it's how it's worked out for the Kings. Well, Ooh. for the NHL's sake, it better be the Kings in, versus the Rangers or the Flyers, <laughs> or else it is going to get apocalyptically awful ratings, these, uh, these <laughs> Stanley Cup playoffs. Nashville. Versus Phoenix? Ugh. <laughs> Could you do any worse? No is the answer. All right. Number 65, we honor the player who wore it best, Elvin Bethea. Ugh. I mean, fine, but come on. Uh, Gary Zimmerman. Dave Butts. I like Dave Butts is, is going to be Dave my Butts? Vote. Yeah, I think I, that's maybe the best one. Who else do you got there, Rank? Yeah, Elvin Bethea, though. He's, he's is there any famer. pitcher? 65... Yeah, Bethea is is fine. I'm going, but but butts for the name. We're talking butts. good names. Yeah. Can't beat that. I'm sure I'll get a we'll we'll get tweeted a obscure hockey player that we're forgetting. I know. I I, I feel I like I, I can picture a 65 on the back of an Edmonton Oiler, and I can't think of who that was. Napier. I'm trying to think of could who be. it could be. <laughs> they don't have hockey in in your party. They do. They do. There's hockey. Oh, very quickly, handsome. I just want to get your thoughts. Was that the bit? Because I know nothing about uh, soccer, but I do love uh, EPL. I love the the idea of it. I love the second division. I love that if you're right. the worst team in the first division that you drop down. I think baseball should adopt that. And uh, but so with all that, what uh, was that the biggest 
EPL game ever, as people talk about Man the U versus though, Manchester City. There's no there's no playoffs in the EPL, as as you know, and I'm sure listeners know. But um, wait, what? Why would people the, know that? Well, yeah, who I, would I, know I, that? Okay, I'm telling you, but I was trying to do it in a way they don't have playoffs. Condescending, Adam. They don't have playoffs, so the, the do they team have a computer ranked, and they they vote on this? They don't know. They you get points for wins and points for ties, draws, as they're called in the UK, and no points for losses. Uh, not you don't get a point just for turning up. Um, and uh, these are the top two teams in the league, which is so it's an exciting. And there's two, I think there's two games left after this, so they're they're very close. Obviously, they're in the same town, so they hate each. You know, they really, really hate each other, mm-hmm. and they played each other. And and it's pretty much was winner takes all. Now, if if Manchester City, who won yesterday, win their last two games, who are against kind of fairly average opponents, then they win overall. And if they lose one of those games, then it's kind of all back on again. Why wouldn't they? How long is the the EPL has to have been around for at least a hundred years, right? At least I, I love think, yeah. that, that. That's why it's fascinating it, that it would be called the biggest game in league history. That's not well, the, that's the, not uh, a jive statement. Well, it's not like, like saying uh, that that uh, that the Comets versus the uh, the Lynx is the biggest WNBA game ever. This is something <laughs> the, the, that's been the around. The Premier League, set, like the EPL, it has yeah, soccer has been around for. Uh, have many hundred years, but the EPL I think has probably been like the early nineties. This is a bit like asking Lindsay Lohan on the UK to talk about the NFL with any kind of conviction or knowledge. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I can sound like I do. Well, let me say this with conviction: I'm wrong. I went when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Just like the late great Jerry Orbach says to uh, Swayze at the end of Dirty Dancing. Yes, the Avengers is getting gangbusters ratings, and I cannot wait to go and see this picture. But the new trailer for the new Batman came out. I mean, I, I really watching that. The I already am getting frustrated and anxious, thinking this movie's not going to be long enough. I want it to be a mini series. Right. I want it to go on. I want to go in there on a Friday and not come out till Sunday <laughs> night. I want it to be a. Lo- I want it to go forever. Yeah. It looks just terrific, doesn't it? It does. Oh, it's it's, it's going to be gangbusters. When does it? When 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 can we see it? July, June? I think, or is when it July? comes out. That's a long time away. I know. I don't want to wait. All right. Well, uh, so, Rank, you have nothing to promote. You just want to make a, a obscure reference to hockey. You didn't, is that it, fine? It's fine with me. Oh, it was just hard to divine what no, you were talking about. Oh, no, 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 because I'll be sitting there, and I, I like to tweet out things I only say when it happens to my team, uh-huh. and it's when... You know, the Kings are having a lot of success on the penalty kill. So I'm like, yeah, this should a, a goal should should stop this. I like that you're not uh, – I like that you avoided uh, mentioning anything about uh, your halos. What Oof. about them? They're terrible. And oh, no. So is their uh, – so Oh, is, no. So when they uh, – what, what does it matter? Because there's two wild card <laughs> We're all going to die. Is that your, is that your new fatalistic <laughs> thing? There's two wild card teams. If Albert Pujols was hitting great and the Angels were struggling, I'd be concerned. He's not hitting well. So, okay, when he gets it going, the Angels will get going. Their pitching staff's too good. They'll be there. They'll be fighting for one of those wild card spots. We'll probably take one. And then when you start getting into short series, you know, if we got to go into the wild card game, we got to pitch Jared Weaver. Like, okay, there goes our ace. And then we start the next series with Dan Heron. And then we bring out C.J. Wilson. And then we bring back him, and then we bring back Weaver. I'll be fine with that. So I'm not concerned. All right, good. Look at that. A sunny disposition for uh, for Adam Rank there. All right, listen. Handsome Hank, thanks for making your way in here. Rich Eisen, thanks for uh, for spending so much time with us today in Studio 66. Necktie Milner, a fine job behind the glass. Adam Rank. Eh. 
and uh, and uh, and thanks to you. I will be back for more Hui and Applesauce tomorrow, as a matter of fact, with uh, our review of the NFL Top 100, counting down from 90 to 81. Be on the lookout for that again on iTunes or on davedamashek.nfl.com. Either way, check it out. And, uh, and with that being said, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry... But it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all new, all hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com.